and welcome to another episode of Turn Left. I am your host, Indiana's own Dana Black, coming to you live, yes, all the way live from Black Girl Studios, where we talk about Indiana politics from the left side of things. Okay, I'm going to start on a somber note first. Tuesday was rough. We had a bad day, okay? We're going to just get that out there. We had a bad day. We didn't mean it. We didn't, it didn't mean to happen that way. It just happened. Some things happened that way. But we already knew that Virginia flips back and forth, right? We know that. We know whoever's in office is going to flip back the other way, except for that one year that that brother was in office. Okay, it happens. And we're just going to pick our head up and keep it moving. Now, I, I don't know how much solace I can take from the fact that the person that won actually distanced himself from the orange menace. That might be a good thing. Maybe some of those folks on the other side don't want to destroy our entire country. Maybe they don't want us to fall off into the abyss. Maybe, but you know, I know about them wolves and sheep clothing. So I'm just, we gonna wait and see. And hopefully, you know, he won't be so terrible for the people of Virginia. But one th- what is the lesson that we really learned though? We, we know the blueprint right now for 2022. We know what the blueprint is. And it is another racialized boogeyman. And it works every time. It's not the first time. Willie Horton, it's not the first time. Welfare Queens, it's not the first time. Caravans, see the pattern, understand the pattern, and be ready to, to, to fight against it, okay? It happened, it worked. And they, they're telling you this is what they're gonna do. Now, if we fail to react and enact something as Democrats, to, to counteract this mythical, racialized boogeyman, that's on us. We know what we gotta do is right there in front of us. Now, one of the things I think that we could have done better is talk about what we have accomplished so far. Our infrastructure plan is coming around, still working on some bugs there. You know, we had the first plan that was initialized by Joe Biden at the beginning of the year. We got some money in people's pockets and we're helping them out. But I will say this, and y'all know me, I don't disown Democrats. I just ain't going to do it. It ain't in my heart to do. But I need Senator Joe Manchin. Did y'all see that interview today? Did y'all see that? I saw it. I saw him on Joe Scarborough Morning Joe this morning. And I wasn't exactly sure if he was speaking for us or speaking for them. Because all those talking points were very reminiscent of what they were saying. But the key takeaway from all of that, if y'all didn't catch it, he wants to slow this down. Why? Why does he want to slow down the Build Back Better plan? Why? (laughs) Why? There are people in need. There are people desperately in need. And we saw that paid leave was added back into the plan, and he is against that. Well, I thought the the response to that by Representative Jayapal was, you know, I think there are a lot of women upset that one dude is trying to prevent women from having maternity leave. I thought that was uh, right on. That was spot on. I thought that was spot on. So I need, we need to, you know, talk to our man mansion. I know that he talks about what West Virginia wants and blah, 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 but it's, you know, they're not in a much better economic state than a lot of other people. And there are people struggling in West Virginia. So I'm certain those folks could use that help that he's slowing down. I'm just saying he's a Democrat. He's with us about 60% of the time. We gonna go with it, but we got to do better because there's a lot of real issues out here. People are struggling. People are struggling. So hopefully we can get that move forward. And today there's no better guest that I can have on. No better guest. See, y'all thought I was playing, didn't you? Y'all thought I was playing. Y'all didn't. Come on now. 
You know I'm going to have the candidates, but if we're going to have the candidates that come on turn left, we got to talk about the leadership of our party. You know I'm blue, true blue through and through. So I am super duper incredibly excited to have both the chair and the vice chair of our Indiana Democratic Party with us today. First up, newly elected, Reorg. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to let him tell you his own story, but you know who he was hanging out with. You know who he was hanging out all the way from South Bend, representing our party from South Bend. Give it up for our chairman, Mike Schmoo. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello. Good to be with you, Dana. How are you? And of course, everybody. the fabulous one from Marion County, holding it down, Madam Clerk, on her second visit to turn left. Y'all give it up for the Honorable Myla Eldridge, the vice chair. Myla, welcome to the show. Good evening. Thank you so much for having us on the show. I love it. I'm excited that you guys are both here. Thank you so very much for making time because you know what? Our listeners want to know, what is the plan? But before we get there, Mike, I'm, normally I go ladies first, but the <laughs> folks don't really know you yet, especially in the southern part of Indiana. A lot of folks may not. Tell the people who you are and where you come from. Well, thanks, Dana, for having us uh, today. It's great to be on the show. Um, yeah, so I'm born and raised South Bend, Indiana boy. So I am uh, uh, chatting with you here from South Bend, my hometown. Um, I was born and raised here, only child. Um, my parents both, uh, my dad was a professor at Notre Dame. My mom's a special ed teacher, retired. Um, but I grew up here. Uh, I went to school here. I went to Notre Dame. Uh, I went away for um, just a few years, and I wanted to have a big career in journalism. And I worked for um, a couple um, really amazing organizations. Number one was um, Meet the Press uh, with Tim Russert, who was the host uh, oh. for a very long time, who passed away in 2008. Yeah. So I interned for, for that show. And then I worked at the Washington Post for three years. Um, so the Republicans, I think, like to say I'm a DC operative, but all of my political career has been in the Hoosier State. Um, and so I, uh, I moved home in 09. Uh, to work for uh, my hometown congressman, who at the time was Joe Donnelly. And uh, it's actually very similar, and I hope we get into it tonight. But 2009, some very similar dynamics to uh, today, to 2021, you know, especially what happened in Virginia and New Jersey this week. So I moved home to work for, for Joe, and I was working in his congressional office and doing constituent service and all of that. And uh, he asked me to run uh, his reelection campaign in 2010. And I had never worked on a campaign before. Um, and so it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I tell this story a lot when I talk to students and, and uh, kids who are interested in, in working in politics and government. Um, so he took a shot on me. Um, and so we won that race, very tough year. Um, and then the year after that, I uh, reconnected with a friend from growing up uh, who we probably all know now. Um, goes by Mayor Pete now, I think Secretary. Don't nobody know who he is. Go on. <laughs> or or uh, Sec Pete, uh, all these different names. But uh, uh, Pete had run statewide uh, for treasurer in Indiana and, and lost and lost big. Um, but a lot of folks around here wanted him to run for mayor. And so he asked me to run his campaign for mayor. Uh, won that race, uh, asked me to be his chief of staff in City Hall. I did that as well. Also got my first taste of uh, party politics uh, a little bit. Um, took some time off from, from politics, graduate school and, and other things, um, but really, you know, continued to work in, in Hoosier politics in one form or another. Um, worked for Shelley Yoder 
um, who's now state senator, Shelly Yoder. One of my faves. Um, she's she's amazing. Um, love working with Shelly. Uh, worked with Mel Hall, yeah. who was a businessman who ran uh, up here against and Jackie two. Walorski yeah. in 2018. Um, and so worked with him. And then at the end of 2018, that same year, uh, moved back to uh, my hometown, moved back to South Bend to work on uh, a political project that grew to be very, very big. <laughs> so at the beginning, it was me and a few people with Wi-Fi hotspots and donated furniture and um, some ideas. And uh, it grew into a, a huge operation, a huge campaign, Pete for America. So at the end of the day, we, we hired 600 staff. Wow. Uh, here in South Bend, about 200 staff or so in uh, this community, um, something that I was really proud of. And so, um, you know, Pete did great out of the gate, uh, Iowa, and then toe to toe with Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire. Um, and then, you know, it kind of uh, faded there and uh, he got behind uh, now President Joe Biden. Um, yeah, that so, Clyburn uh, uh, kingmaker right there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Jim Clyburn. Yes, absolutely. A huge endorsement there yeah. in, in South Carolina for, for now President Biden, but um, did all of that. And in the aftermath of, uh, um, you know, the campaign took some time off and was thinking through some other things and decided um, earlier this year to seek, um, seek this office. And okay. it really has been an honor to be in the role now for um, gosh, I think seven and a half months. Um, <laughs> I can believe that. So <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're definitely going to get to that. Yeah. Honorable Myla, Clark Myla, tell the people who you are, and where you come from. Uh, who is Myla? Myla is an African American woman. Hey, she has a heart that cares about what happens to people. Um, I come from a family of voters. I have worked under several administrations, beginning with. Uh, the current administration, um, the O'Bannon administration first, then the current administration. Um, when I was old enough to vote, which is the 18 years of age, I registered and I've been working in government ever since. So wow. I have 30 plus years of government <laughs> under my belt. I began working the polls at the age of 18. And um, after working in state government, um, city government, working under the Peterson administration, uh, then I landed in county government working um, under um, uh, our former clerk, uh, Beth White. Beth White but yep. I think what makes my story interesting is that when Melina Kennedy, a woman, decided to run for prosecutor, that I feel that's really when my political career and my passion mm. um, for those that are less fortunate mm. Then us began because when Melina Kennedy ran for prosecutor, I saw where there were individuals that voters, voters, not mm -hmm. individuals, voters that would vote for her, but may not be able to give her a dime. Right, right. But would vote for her. So I decided to hold or host a meet and greet for her to give these voters an opportunity to touch her. Right because they may never be able to attend a fundraiser, a hundred dollar fundraiser. Exactly, exactly. A $50 fundraiser, a yeah. $25 fundraiser. So I did that and here I am today. <laughs> I love it. And what most people don't know, like when I was a rookie and I didn't know anything about anything about anything, 
Myla's campaign was the first time I ever tried to host a fundraiser. I did. I, I was like, I want to host, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I was going to try. And I, it wasn't a lot of people there, but I think, <laughs> but, but, but that was, that's how far back, uh, I, I've, I have, I've had that pleasure of knowing Myla and I, I have to be honest, I'm also a political groupie. So, I mean, I have this, this bad habit of elevating elected officials in my mind. Cause I think they won and I'm like, Ooh, they're great. But, but, but now for me, now this, you guys can answer, answer this how, however you will. When I, for me, it was Riffer, right? Riffer mm -hmm. was the thing that fired me up. I had always been like the TV watcher yelling at this TV screen, whatever, whatever. And I, but I voted, right? but I wasn't involved. Riffer made me run for office against the Speaker of the House, and then and then then you get injected, right? They don't tell you, you know, one hit of the politics you hooked, right? What was the, what was the thing that got you guys wanting to be involved in politics? Um, Milo, you wanna go? You want me to go? Mr. Chair, I have mad respect for my chairman. <laughs> okay, look, y'all. <laughs> you can go, and then I'll go. <laughs> now I gotta edit that out. No, <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think it's interesting. When I was a journalist, it was a, I had a great job. I felt like I had an interesting career path. But you know, now nowadays um, we all have laptops, tablets, all this kind of stuff, and you can you know mul open multiple windows right on your. Uh, browser mm -hmm. you can read all these different news stories and sites and email and things like mm -hmm. that i remember when i would go to the newsroom to uh, start my day i'd you know open up all the big um outlets new york times washington post mm -hmm. you know washington times cbs abc nbc all these things um, but i would always also open selfintribune.com <laughs> my hometown paper um, just to see what was going on back um in my in my hometown and in my community and mm -hmm. um it really came from a sense of um seeing the same headlines kind of over and over again and being mm -hmm. sort of frustrated and mm -hmm. um and really wanting to move home to make a difference and mm -hmm. you know pete writes about this in his book and it's something that i actually talked about on a call today with some folks some some college democrats you know um it, it sort of felt like i was a smart hoosier um, kid and I was in Washington DC you know, right. and why, um, if I have uh, sort of these talents and I'm really interested in politics and public service would I just sort of continue to stay there if I was so passionate about it um, and so it made me you know apply for jobs uh, look for opportunities um, and ultimately I was offered something with uh, with Joe and um, that really changed everything you know um, it, it taught me about organizing it taught me about uh, communications. It taught me about service, constituent service, solving people's problems, traveling around. Uh, back then, a district. <laughs> yeah. Now we have nine of those. So, yeah. uh, but traveling around the district and you know going everywhere and not being afraid to to go into rural, you know, small towns, hamlets, um, you know, in you know urban precincts, just going everywhere to talk to people. Um, and so that is why I got involved was to make a difference in in really the community that raised me. Um, and it's pretty remarkable to kind of look back and and just see, you know, th small things that you may have done back then and, and see how they've maybe made a difference now or mm -hmm. things that um, you've really worked hard at that are not solved. Right, may, right. You know, may not be solved for 
for years or decades, just, you know, or lifetimes, you know, yeah, consistent (laughs) problems that we just have is, um, you know, people working on problems and governments, um, you know, in, in Indiana, in the US around the world. And so uh, that's how I got involved. And I'm really glad that I did. I'm okay. Myla, you just said you you had it. You were you were born into it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I actually come from a family of voters. Um, As a matter of fact, I shared with the Indiana Young Democrats that uh, uh, Birch Bay knew my grandfather by name is what I've been told. So anyway, but I think what really um, caused me to want to get involved in politics and not even knowing, Mm -hmm. not even knowing is that I've always had a heart again, even as a kid, from what I've been told, uh, I I care about what happens to people. Like my mom, I'll share a quick story. My mom said, one time she bought me a, a brand new pair of gym shoes and I literally gave them a pair, how about this, a pair of chucks? Hey, <laughs> not the chuck chucks. Like and she said, I literally gave, I probably wore them twice and I gave them to a friend of mine at school for her gym shoes that were not as new as mine. So yeah, I I think it's just, it's in your genes. It's in your your DNA and and fast forward, becoming clerk of Marion County. uh, I, for me, I couldn't think of a better way for me to make a difference while I'm on the face of the earth. And Mm -hmm. that is ensuring voters have the right to vote. Absolutely. But you know what? Let's talk about that clerkship. Because see, you know, we can't just gloss over that, Madam Clerk. Talk about the historic nature of your election. Come on now. The historic nature of my election, I assume you're talking about becoming the first African-American. You already know. Clerk of Marion County, which is an honor that I don't take lightly. Um, Again, for me, when I ran for the office, I wanted to make a difference as Chairman Schmoll said, and I can't think of a better way for me to make a difference by ensuring that Hoosiers and all registered voters just have the right to vote and to make voting easier and more convenient for everybody, not a particular party. Right. (laughs) For everybody, voting should be, it's your right, right? You know, once you become a US citizen, it's your right, your duty and your responsibility to register and to participate in the democracy that serves you. So um, again, that's why I'm involved in politics. Again, I'm involved because I feel that everyone should be treated equally. Um, Yeah, and so I'm gonna do everything I can um, to continue to fight for the rights of everybody. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm involved. Okay, so we're gonna come back to that voting thing because that's that's a big topic too. But before we get there, um, so y'all, real talk, Indiana and the Democrats have been losing and losing badly for a while. Uh, wh- you saw that you know John Zodi was gonna step down and you know and Miss Cordelia was gonna step down, uh, and you looked at this job and said, "Yes, I want it." <laughs> What made you guys decide? I mean, this is a daunting job. What made you guys decide I'm going to go and run this party? I'm going to run to run this party. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if either of us were sort of bouncing on our mother's knees saying, oh, I'm going to be a party chair someday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Organizational politics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's interesting, Dana. Like, I didn't. Um, 
At first I didn't. <laughs> I understand. People were asking me and it's like, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know, thankless, difficult, hard, uh, wanted to do other things, you know, thinking about other stuff. Um, but, but really a few things happened. I, um, you know, I still live in my, in my hometown here in South Bend. Um, and yeah, January 6th happened. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a big uh, influencer for me. Um, I sort of saw that and watched that and was um, really shocked, you know, I think. I mean, it's incredible how, you know, with, with Trump that uh, it's just always another level to go uh, mm-hmm. of more and more kind of, kind of shock and so, uh, or distraction. And, and this was really just sort of pierced the heart of our democracy, literally. Yeah. Um, you know, people lost their lives. And so I, I saw that and, and then I reflected even more and, and thought, you know, if I'm here, um, I've been fortunate enough to manage campaigns and um, build really big operations. And I've learned a lot of this stuff from from working on campaigns of all sizes. Um, you know, who am I to just kind of work on something else um, when there's so much at stake? Yeah. And, you know, when Milo and I came out and started talking about running, it, we, we use sort of the analogy, which is a little kind of cliche in Indiana, but we, we are really at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. I, think. I think the state's at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. It's a new decade. I think that our country's at a crossroads. Um, we're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, move on from Trumpism. Um, and that's, that's mm-hmm. really kind of the fight of, of our lives mm-hmm. right now. And so um, I just couldn't sit back and, and, um, and not be involved mm-hmm. um, in a big way. And so mm-hmm. that's uh, why I ultimately decided to, to toss my hand or to toss my hat in the ring and, you know, really honored that Myla uh, joined mm-hmm. in that effort. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Northern Indiana. Um, a lot of chairs have been from Marion County. Um, you know, it's the best county. What? <laughs> <laughs> Central part of the state, you know, but I think it's, we're a good balance. Like I'm, you know, campaign guy, northern part of the state. Um, and then, you know, as, as we just said, first African-American elected clerk in Marion County, focus on elections and public service and central part of the state, um, all of that. I think it's a good combo for, for rebuilding our party. I love it. I love it. So when he asked Miss Myla, what you say, huh? <laughs> I said, who's Mike Schmall? <laughs> <laughs> to run for vice chair and it is because chairman schmall and it gets on me because i always call him chairman schmall um but it is because he had a vision and a plan and i liked his number one uh uh component of his vision and that is to win up and down the ballot i love it um his vision is very simple it's four components it's organizing all year round i like that and just his experience, mm-hmm. his background, and all of that, and he's a great guy. Um, but all of that, mainly his vision, though, is why I decided that, okay, I think we would be a great team. We're known as Eminem, Mike and Myla. Um, I always Y'all share, kill me uh, with that. <laughs> I share that, you know, we have <laughs> Biden and Harris in the White House, and you guys in Indiana have Mike and Myla. That's Eminem, what's so. <laughs> That's what, what's hey, up. What more can you ask for? But I, I ran because of Mike's vision. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think that's cool because, uh, you know, and I ain't going to lie, you know, we talked about Senator Senator Yoder a, a little while ago. She she will have you thinking you can walk to the moon, right? I mean, she's that good. 
And like she was in my ear and I'm like, girl, no, that's, that's a real job. I ain't trying to do that. So I'm glad that you guys are taking on the task and I'm glad that you guys have decided to like, cause this is daunting, right? You know, you, there's people who are discouraged because we've been losing races and then, you know, they, they think that we are this 70, 30 state when we're not, I don't believe that. So how have the first seven and a half months been for you? I think, I think really good. Um, you know, my, uh, our approach has been, this is the one year out of four when we have our reorg mm-hmm. and there's nothing on the ballot. Right. It's the one year out of four where there's no election, there's no campaign, there's no, um, sort of that activity, but, you know, we came in with an approach that was, we can't treat it like an off year. There's no there's, such thing as an off year. Right. Yeah. And, and especially now, like, yeah. you know, maybe decades ago. Yeah, for sure. Everybody kind of took the year off and you raised some money and you, you know, kind of kept, kept the lights on, so to speak, but you really waited to then gear up for, um, for the next year, for the next cycle. But we live in a world where politics is just sort of infused into everything now everything. and everything. And so very polarized, um, you know, so much media, so much attention on issues and things that happen, um, that we couldn't, um, take the year off. And, yeah. and frankly, you know, we needed to um, think about it. We were coming off of COVID. We had a presidential election where the Democrats won, where we really didn't, you know. We didn't feel like we won. Much. We, we act like, I mean, yeah. No door to door, no, you know, events, like, you know, huge engagement with people, you know, getting people out to the polls, like all that sort of the physical kind of emotional nature of politics. Time out for just a really- second. Somebody got some scratching going on on their mic. Who's got the scratching going on? <laughs> Oh, it, that might be me. That's you. Okay, thank you. you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But um, you know, we we lo- we kind of lost that um, the physical element, emotional element of politics in, in many ways. Yeah. People were worried about um, things that were happening in our country, and so um, so we, we didn't want to treat it as an off year. Right. And we set out to you know start these tours, engage with um, county parties, mm-hmm. um, fight redistricting, talk about. Joe Biden's uh, agenda, um, you know, have a more inclusive approach with groups that are out there trying to um, do the right thing, um, hire more team members, raise more money, uh, try to improve our message. Um, and so that's really what we're doing right now. And we're, and we're still doing it. Um, you know, I joke with the team that we're like the Rolling Stones. We're like always on tour, always going somewhere, <laughs> traveling band all around the state. Um, and, and I think it's vital because, um, you know, there's a lot of places we're going counties that are small, medium and large where, um, you know, they've been labeled a certain way over the last decade or so, and they haven't seen Democrats in a while. And we got to go and we got to talk to these folks. We got to listen to them, engage with them, inform them, um, and continue that into next year and into the elections ahead. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think, you know, we have to take the opportunity to be in communities, you know, even when there isn't an election or we're not asking for fundraising dollars, because I think, in in my opinion, I think it it helps us uh, create our own narrative versus letting somebody else dictate who we are. We're showing them who we are. We're showing up in your communities. We're showing up to your fundraising events for Johnny needing to go to Washington, D.C. on a field trip. We're showing up for all of that stuff. And that's the only way I think that we can actually change the narrative. The other thing I feel like, um, you know, we are the big tent and I don't, I don't care. Nobody says this is the big tent. Now I, I hear y'all know, I hear it. There are people who will always question 
um, the validity of that big tent. But I tell people all the time, we're not like that other party who has this inaugural DEI class. We actually have caucuses at the table having conversations. Myla, talk about the important, and Mike, you too, talk about the importance of all of our constituency caucuses and how they are infiltrating and, and getting out into the communities and doing the work. Absolutely. Um, it's so funny. I just feel like, you know, we, Mike and I, hit the ground running. <laughs> no sooner yeah. than we got elected. I mean, that's the simplest way to say it is we hit the ground running. And um, that's what we have to do. You know, that's what we have to do. And uh, I think it's, again, talking about, you know, Chairman Schmall's vision. Part of his vision was to make sure that we had a deputy chair that would represent, like, candidates, right? Uh, we have a deputy chair that's uh, representing the rural, you know, communities, agriculture, right? So I think it's important that we be everywhere that we possibly can be. Um, and I think the vision that uh, Chairman Schmall has for the party going forward, uh, that is definitely uh, a plus because we need to let Democrats know that we're there for them, mm -hmm. that we support them, that we care about them, and what Democrats are doing and why we should be proud Democrats Absolutely. today. Because Absolutely. it really should be. And also holding the um, Republicans accountable. So back to the vision and how we're implementing the vision, all that plays a part of it. And I really, really believe that, you know, we can turn Indiana blue. I think so I too. I believe that. I believe that. And I just think it's going to take a little bit of creativity, a little more work, <laughs> you know, hard work. But I strongly believe that we can do it. And under the leadership of Chairman Schmall and the um, infrastructure that he has in place for Indiana Democratic Party and for Hoosier Democrats, that we can do it. Absolutely. It's not like it's been that long ago. I mean, I know for some people, you know, 11, 12 years seems like a lifetime, but when you on this side of half a century, it ain't been that long. It's only been, it's only been 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we have the blueprint on how to turn Indiana blue. And, and a part of that, like you said, is engaging these communities and making sure that they understand, you know, their importance and, and getting connected, doing what they do best. I, one of the things that I do and I, and I'm, and I love doing it when, when I started it, when I was deputy chair is the power of the black vote. And then it's been, it's morphed into the power of the black and brown vote, because a lot of times in certain communities, they don't think the party is down for them. And so we've shown them and we have that articulation of, look, this is where we are. And this is why you're the party. So when you complain about the party, you are the party. So <laughs> get on in the party. And, and, and a part of that is our messaging, right? We have to craft a message that makes sense. Now, one of the things that I know I'm guilty of, I know that I'm smarter than most Republicans and I have a tendency to go a little long in my explanation about how much smarter I am. Tell us about the messaging that you guys are crafting for the next, you know, election cycle and how you're implementing that with candidates who will eventually be on the general election ballot. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. And, um, and want to answer that, but before so before that, oh, I do want to follow up on the last one, mm -hmm. which is constituency caucuses and deputy chairs. I think it's really important that we kind of have that inclusive approach, um, and that groups and people literally have a seat at the table, right, at the state central committee. Um, and so, 
I just jotted them down so I wouldn't uh, forget, forget anybody, but, but labor, um, you know, they have uh, seats at the table to vote. So talking about uh, organized labor, uh, voices of working men and women, so important um, in every election, um, and particularly right now when there's so many shifts in the economy um, because of COVID and other issues. Um, Stonewall LGBTQ uh, Hoosiers, I mean, um, you know, I am, I'm very honored that I ran um, the first campaign in American history where a gay person was awarded um, delegates to a national convention. Uh, excuse me, point of privilege. Uh, I was the first African-American president of the Indiana Stonewall Democrats. Okay, I'll just get it that way. There we go. We're still around. <laughs> I'm like the first nothing. I'm just like, uh, maybe first ginger to have- like, Are you the first redhead? Like 75 years. Are you the first redhead? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Probably black and white photos. We'd have to look back. But um, but, but that's that's a huge you know it's a huge um, constituency to have at the table. And then you, you mentioned Dana you know, IDAC, you know African American uh, Caucus, pillar of the Democratic Party, um, Latino Caucus, um, Latinos um, in Indiana. Really, probably the main reason why we didn't lose a congressional seat in the last census. That's dope. Um, 8.2% uh, of our population in the state are Latino Hoosiers. And so, you know, we as a party need to need to build more ways, and we are, to, to communicate with, with that group as well, uh, to get them engaged and, and voting uh, with us. And then the other two are um, college and YDs. Mm -hmm. You know, and Myla and I talked with them both uh, recently, but making sure that um, Hoosiers and colleges across Indiana are engaged and mm -hmm. feel like they can volunteer. There's maybe a future for them uh, as an intern, a fellow, a staffer, um, you know, a campaign operative, right? Or eventually running for office on their own. Um, so the, the college Dems and the YDs um, do a really good job of engaging that community. And I want to increase the pipeline, not just of our candidates, but right. of our young people. Right. get involved in politics because it, it worked for me and um you know i think that if other folks seize those opportunities they can they can do some great things um so on our message you know it's uh another reason why i took the job was and and myla mentioned uh frank o'bannon and joe kernan you know joe kernan's the last democratic governor mm -hmm. um, former mayor of south bend somebody that i knew mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine um in in this community um, and he passed away not that long ago. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, I grew up in an Indiana that was so more um, uh, balanced, you know, and kind of fair at every mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Federal, state, local, you know. Mm -hmm. Federally, it was like I grew up and it was like, oh, Dick Luger and Evan Bayer are senators, you know. Boom. One's D, one's R, right? Um, and then we had Democratic governors. You know, we've mm -hmm. had Democratic governors for about half my lifetime. Republican governors for about the other half. Um, and then uh, at the state house level, you know, John Gregg, Pat Bauer, um, those, those gentlemen have been democratic speakers of our house, right? Um, and so, you know, Democrats have had uh, power and have had more balance in our uh, politics over the last, um, you know, decades. Um, but we've just been skewed over the last 10 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot, there's a lot of reasons for that. Redistricting, um, media, Trump, all of that. Uh, and I fully understand that. But I think deep down, Hoosiers want a government that is more balanced and that delivers for them. Absolutely. And you get better ideas. 
and you get better legislation. So what I'm so what I'm getting at is the the message piece is on their side. It's kind of like, are they with Trump or are they with somebody else? Are they with Rakita or are they with um, Holcomb? You know, are they with uh, the speaker who fancies himself a moderate or are they with some extreme members of their state house or state? Jim Lucas. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, while they're over there, there's lots of them, right? Yeah. They have more offices, more power. They're kind of having a race to the side to see who can be more uh, extreme, potentially. And you see it in what they say. You see it in what they do. And so where I'm getting at, Dana, is on our side, I want us to be that big, bold, broad, diverse, welcoming party Mm -hmm. that is, you know, has common sense uses facts, talks mm-hmm. to people in their communities, mm-hmm. delivers for people on issues, talks about why it helps them in their daily lives, mm-hmm. um, and engages them year-round to get them uh, voting uh, and to get them uh, engaged in the democratic process uh, more than they have been. Um, and it can be done. You know, I mentioned the balances that we've had over the last few decades. But Barack Obama won Indiana not that long ago. Not that long ago. And when I joined um, Joe Staff in, in 09, we had, um, it was a 5-4 Democratic congressional uh, majority, mm-hmm. you know, with, with two Democratic uh, congressmen in the southern part of our state. And so uh, it can be done. And it's not going to happen overnight. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we have put in um, some of the foundational pieces, I think, this year uh, to help uh, build, you know, build back better, as Joe Biden says, and guide our strategy uh, over the next few years. Yeah. And I, and I, and that's good because what I'm hearing is that our message is, is about how we can uplift families, how we can improve lives. And, mm-hmm. it, and we're trying to counteract a very, very strong messaging of fear. There's a lot of yeah. fear that, that comes from that other side and people react uh, strongly to fear. They, like you said, I'm, I'm like you, Mike, I'm, I can go anywhere in the state of Indiana. I'll go, I'll go to Lawrenceburg. I'll go down to Ohio County. I've been, you know, and, and the one thing that you find is that you have more in common with people than you have differences. It's just the level of melanin in many cases that's the difference and maybe the hair texture. But for the most part, all of us, you know, yeah, lived experiences. I'm not, you know, but for the most part, we want more for our families. We want more for our kids. We want the opportunity to go on vacation without going broke. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to just work. And so I, when you see these guys pushing all of these fear tactics, CRT, I, school board meetings have now turned into battlegrounds. You know, it's it's frustrating to watch people go, oh, I don't want my kids learning CRT, but they're not teaching it. Talk to us about, you know, it's chime in on how, you know, the best tactics to get away from this nonsense and how do we encourage like our school board members to not give up, to not succumb to the bullying that is the, the bullying tactics that are happening right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And I think, you know, in addition to fear, and it's not a new playbook. No. Um, you know, especially from the, from the far right and especially very recently, um, you know, I think the average Hoosier and the average American, it's, um, we've been through a lot over the last few years and it's, there's a global pandemic going on. And of course, everybody wants to get back to normal, right? Right. We all want that as, as human beings. I used to do interviews in person. Uh, Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think that like, we've made so much progress on vaccinations and 
uh, information and things like that, but we're still not where we need to be mm-hmm. um, with uh, the economy. COVID showed so many different um, things that are changing in our economy that, you know, um, you know, there's so many places hiring, people are leaving work to go work in other jobs, wages are in some cases going up, um, unions are um, fighting you know, back for more rights and striking in different yes. places of the country and, and finding and solidifying their power. Um, you know, th- those are huge shifts as well. Um, and so I think people see that um, and it's sort of like COVID, the economy, schools, education, news, it's, it's kind of topsy-turvy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When at, the, um, at the end of the day, we, as you said, Dana, we all want the same things. You know, we want to, you know, raise families, be with loved ones and, and friends, uh, be safe, be protected, um, find a job and things that we want to do with purpose um, that give us joy, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, kind of retire with dignity, you know, thank you, Social Security, Medicare, <laughs> right? Man, all those social programs. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Right. And, um, and look back and say, you know, I, I made a difference and I left the world a little bit better than, than how I found it. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And, and I think what, what gets me and something that I think about quite a bit are, are two things. Number one is, and these are two things that we want to do at the state party. One is there's no substitute for a face-to-face conversation with somebody mm-hmm. that, um, you know, going up to somebody, talking with them, uh, listening to them, looking them in the eye, mm-hmm. talking about issues, talking about differences, talking about your stories, all of that, all of that. Um, what I find when I talk to folks is that we have so much more in common than we have, um, you know, contradictory to one another. Right. And so, you know, I think that's why year-round organizing is so important um, in our campaigns and in our politics. Um, the other thing is is a little bit uh, harder and, and a little darker, but it's um, just all the misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, fake news that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um, that's their playbook is, is, you know, hey, look at this shiny object. And it's like, go over there. There they go. <laughs> and see, I'm a, te- I'm a tech junkie, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, that's, that's where I'm, I'm yeah. formally trained. But, so I've seen the positive, the good side of technology, getting you connected, open you up to information because we're no longer in the industrial age. We're in the information age right. and getting all that stuff at the click of a button. But I've also seen the downside of how people are using the ability to touch so many so quickly with the wrong stuff. And people feed into that. And I'll be honest, it's, y'all don't have to speak on this, but I'll be honest. What we see happening with, with the, the ability for misinformation to have an impact is the fact that we haven't focused on critical thinking um, in schools. We're too, much, too, we're too busy worried about regurgitation for a test, right? You know, you're not, you, you understand the dates and times and you can regurgitate the dates and times, but you don't understand mm-hmm. the nuances behind those dates and times and what happened to make those events occur. And I think that's where we're missing out on a lot of things where we just want our kids to, can you answer the question on a test versus well, why is the question being asked in the first place, right? And and we and CRT is just one of those issues, Myla. The other issue is we're sitting around fighting whether or not we can vote. You see all of these states passing all of these <laughs> restrictive rules under the and and honestly, if anybody knew anything, this is like the this is the classic 
you know, the thing that people are studying in critical race theory. How do we create these systems that are inherently racist, but they don't say I'm a racist bill. Talk yeah. about the importance of making sure that that kind of nonsense and that we dispel that nonsense and, and make sure that people understand that they got to go get registered to vote and they got to go vote and their vote matters. Yeah. First of all, I just want to begin by saying that this is nothing new to us. I'm going to be honest with you. No, Maybe no. it's uh, the fake news and the rhetoric from the previous uh, presidential administration uh, was just taking up a, a higher notch, but this isn't new for us. We've been having to deal with this. Um, and in regard to the messaging, I think about what Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. And that's what we have to maintain. Did she mean an uppercut? No, of course she didn't mean that. She didn't mean that, okay. <laughs> when they go low, we go high. And what does that mean? We have to stay on point with our messaging. We have to stay positive. Now, I will say this, yes, we do hold them accountable. Oh yeah, we definitely do that. But what do we do? We continue to beat them up, I say, with our messaging because our messaging is positive because the Democrats are delivering. Yeah. yeah. We are delivering. And that's what we've got to continue to pound every single day and tell everybody, get the message out that Democrats are delivering because no Republicans voted for the rest of the American rescue plan, to my knowledge. They have it. They, well, first of all, these, you know, I, it drives me crazy when I hear these people talk about people don't want to go back to work because they're lazy when they may have to go to a crap job with crap pay, with crap hours, and then got to pay for daycare, right? All of these, you know, they're calling them lazy, but can you find the hypocrisy and the fact that we are sending these people to Congress, we're sending them to the Senate, they are making six figure salaries and they don't even do their job. They don't even do their job. They don't, uh, Mitch McConnell is probably the devil. We don't know it yet. We don't know it yet. He might be, forget the orange dude. The orange dude was a, a but the power we already know is Mitch McConnell out of Kentucky. He has a, his thumb on what the heck comes out of that Senate. Even though weird Chuck Schumer is supposed to be the leader. Huh? Mitch McConnell has put a grip on that bad boy. And I would love for us to like, I, I, I'm nervous about getting rid of the filibuster. I know people talk about we should get rid of it. And I understand the historical context behind it, but we know the pendulum swings the other way. Of course now, you know, that makes me nervous. So we talk about these bills that are in the Senate right now yeah. and Joe Manchin and all of this stuff, but we do have this build back better plan. And we did see where Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, put back in paid medical leave. And we are the and, and the president just mentioned this week, last week, that we are the only industrialized nation in the world, in the world, that does not have paid medical leave. Talk about, you know, what what it would mean to get this Build Back Better plan in place with, you know, the paid medical leave. Look, it started out at six billion or six trillion or whatever it was, and it's down to one point seven trillion. Don't tell me Progressives don't know how to compromise. There's been some compromise, but talk about, you know, what, what it means to get this in, in the communities like they need. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. And I think, you know, Dana, to your point on um, how things work through, through Capitol Hill and kind of how it gets morphed with our politics and the media that's out there. Um, one thing that I remind folks all the time when I travel around the state is, and talk to talk to journalists is these are really popular packages. Yes. 
American Rescue Plan is very popular. The infrastructure, uh, bipartisan infrastructure package, which Mitch McConnell has actually voted for, also very popular. The Build Back Better agenda is very popular. Our system is just, um, you know, sort of, it's just, it's not working uh, properly, right? And there's a lot of issues for that, our democracy and our system, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, you see our slim majorities, but, but what we're talking about and what we're debating on Capitol Hill and what we're talking about on these tours is hugely popular with people. And that's why we're going everywhere to talk to everybody. Just some examples, um, you know, broadband internet. There are um, 16, I think, percent of Hoosiers who do not have access to internet. Mm-hmm. In 2021. Especially when um, our lieutenant governor for the last six years has been talking about, oh, this is a high priority for me. Right. I want to get it yeah. out here. And she ain't done yeah. it. She ain't done it. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, what I'm going to articulate here, or what I'm going to list here, these are all things that, you know, members of our Republican delegation have voted against. Um, so, so broadband's one. Um, just a side note to that, 50% of, of folks in Indiana um, only have access to one service provider. There's no competition. It's just, this is who you have in your area and you know, you mm -hmm. gotta rock and roll. Right. You gotta go with that, right? right? Um, and so, so, so that's broadband. Childcare, 55% of Hoosiers live in a childcare desert mm. um, and, and don't have access to 55? quality, adequate childcare for their children. Um, you know, eliminating those deserts, paying childcare um, workers uh, more, Mm -hmm. You know, valuing that as a profession, I think, would be huge. That's in the Build Back Better agenda. Mm -hmm. um, you know, jobs, I think 900,000 Hoosiers make less than $15 an hour. Um, that's a really big chunk of our yeah. workforce. Yeah. And, you know, Governor Holcomb and other folks like to say that, you know, oh, we got we got a great economy. We're really humming. We're a state that works. Well, what we what we say is we're a state that works for less. Hello, you know? say it again. Um, and that is not that is not. Um, you know, that, that it doesn't value sort of um, workers' rights, human dignity, uh, making sure that people can live, you know, the life that they want to live. Quality of um, life. It's almost like it doesn't even matter, right? We're just, we're huge. just, you know, putting together Oompa Loompas for the <laughs> chocolate factory and we don't care what kind of quality of life people have. Yeah. And so, so those are some, a few other ones. I mean, the infrastructure package, um, roads, bridges, highways, you know, more funding for, for our infrastructure. So, you know, that's just going to help our economy. It's right. going to help our economy in so many different ways. Um, it's going to help us move goods around. Um, there's a lot of talk about the supply chain and everything. It's going to help us with that. Um, it's also going to help with jobs and making sure that we have jobs that are really good paying, strong jobs to build, um, you know, an American economy for this century. Um, and then the last two, one is rural, which, you know, we're talking about on the small town tour quite a bit in the agriculture um, community and how uh, we're delivering for them. But 80%, I think, of poverty in, in Indiana exists in rural communities mm. and of out of, you know, out of view, you know, um, folks don't see it every day and it's not really covered in the news. Um, this, uh, you know, they wouldn't this be able bill, to see it anyway. They don't have internet. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And so this, the, the agenda will start to, to fix that. And then lastly, um, is, is, uh, you know, the Indiana budget and our schools, which, um, you know, the, the budget passed this year and in such bipartisan fashion because of the American Rescue Plan. Right. And that's why it was bipartisan. That's why it was strong piece of legislation. And we finally funded our public schools at levels where they need to be funded. 
and we finally gave our teachers and our educators a raise. Um, that is not because Republicans, you know, were benevolent. Did a brilliant budget, and this was a priority of theirs. It's because of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, let's be honest. And so, um, and so, th that's what's at stake. These are bread and butter issues. These are kitchen table issues for folks. And and we got to, you know, share the news from the mountaintops. Although there's no mountains in Indiana, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, there's, some, there's some decent sized hills. <laughs> and and I think that's, that's the interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing, like. You know, we really are about how do we improve lives, and and we are about okay. No, we're. I hate the narrative that we're a tax and spend. We're, well, first of all, we ain't really been taxing like we should. The people that need to be taxed, because anytime a multi-billion, multi-trillion-dollar business can get away with not pitching in when you're contributing to the deterioration of our infrastructure, right? How you right. don't, you know, your truck, your your Amazon trucks going up and down the highway is tearing up the roads, but you ain't contributing to the fixing them, right? You know, right. and, and, and they're trying to, you know, you squeeze as much as you can out of people and not put anything, you don't invest anything back into the people. You know, that's the part that kills me. And we have this serious brain drain in Indiana, right? You know, we, you came back, right? You, you were in DC working at the post, but you were like, yo, I'm a Hoosier deep down inside. I got to go back to the bin cause that's where my people are. But a lot of people <laughs> say, I'm not coming back here because right. I don't have a good quality of life. You know, we we still don't have a proper hate crimes le legislation. We still, uh, wages are still stagnant. You know, you got the right to work, which means right to work for less, as we talked about. And there are so many things that they're doing to make sure that you, as, a, as individuals, while they screaming individual rights, right, are not living your best life. And that's who we are. We want you to live your best life. And if you have some extra coins left over, cool. You know, and I think, I, I, I feel you, bro, because I've had this conversation, you know, we, we have these conversations about how do, we, how do we get people engaged? How do we get them involved? How do we motivate them into action? You know, you're talking about going on these tours and I have a list of tours and I'm gonna read them off just real quick. Um, so the small town tour, November the 9th, they will be in Du Bois County in Jasper, Indiana at 6 p.m. Your speakers are Jennifer McCormick, Kent Yeager, and Henry Fernandez, and Ray McCormick. Uh, on the same day in Jasper, in Jasper County in Wheatfield at 5 p.m., you're going to have your chairman, Mike Schmuel, Michael Lively, and November 11th in Fayette County, which is one of my favorite counties. I love Connersville. They'll be there at 5.30, and your speakers will be Baron Hill, and Ed Delaney is scheduled to speak. So if you, I, I will post that on the chat so that you guys can know where those are. Please contact your county uh, chairs to find out exactly the location, because, you know, we ain't got time for haters. Haters be showing up when you, when you least expect them to and you don't want them to, and we're trying to get a, a positive message out about who we are and what we want to do um, as Democrats. There's a lot of work that has to be done, y'all. Tell, this is the call to action, right? If you like what these fellas are talking about, if you like what, what the direction of the party, click on the link, donate to the party, because every time we do a show, we're trying to figure out how we can raise some coins to, to support candidates. Um, tell people how they can get involved with the state party or any, and, and be involved in this thing about the blue wave. How do they get involved, Mike? How do they get involved, Myla? Eminem. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the donate link. Um, that's something that I reminded Pete Buttigieg to do after every debate uh, in 2020. Uh, very important. Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
but 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 more important than that is um is is finding out the best way to be involved and for everybody um individually around our state that's uh, something different um you know one of the one of the things that i love about campaigns is that they really bring together people from all walks of life all neighborhoods all generations all experiences um into a common uh, purpose you know into a common goal um, and I think that that is really, really cool. Like when you visit an election or a campaign headquarters, like, you know, GOTV weekend or yes. right before, right? That's a perfect time because oh. everybody's there volunteering, kind of um, rowing in the same direction. So I think a few things. I think, um, you know, we want to build this large organizing program that will be across the state uh, next year. So there will be opportunities for folks to um, you know, apply for, for roles uh, at the state party um, to become organizers and work uh, wherever they live around the state. Um, so I think that that's huge. If you want to um, run and be involved really kind of in the party um, foundation or the infrastructure of our party, uh, you can do that. Just like Myla and I ran, um, there's a more localized way that you can run. And next year is the year to do it. You can run for precinct committee person yes. um, in your precinct um, on the ballot. I'll be running. Campaign and talk to your neighbors. Um, it's really uh, an amazing democratic, I guess, small D, but big D too, um, way to be involved. Um, and you then can organize in your community. You need to know your neighbors. You can uh, tap into county party and state party uh, resources. Um, that's a really great way uh, to be involved. Um, other things are, um, you know, you can run for office. You can run for office uh, locally. There's township um, in 2023. There'll be municipal races. Um, there are uh, different different ways to just run and put your name on the ballot if you want to serve your community in a bigger in a kind of a bigger position uh, in public service. Um, there are. And then, and then, like I think, volunteer opportunities um, with your county party, depending on where you are in Indiana. Um, you've seen with our tours that these are really also events yeah. that we're organizing Democrats, we're organizing independents, we're organizing folks who, um, you know, maybe have voted in Republican in the past, but are kind of, you know, um, unsure about that decision. Mm -hmm. um, more events and things like that, like helping us organize those. Uh, our ways to our ways to be involved and the ways to roll up your sleeves and everything uh, matters. Everything makes a difference. Absolutely. And Myla, tell them the importance of having women and people of color getting involved. Please just tell them. Tell them, Myla. There's a couple things I just want to touch on before we go, Dana. Uh, number one is we are the party that welcomes every ethnicity. Look, we have Jennifer McCormick. Come on. That will be she, part of our tour talking about education. So we understand that sometimes you get a little sidetracked, but then you come over to the come realization home, right? that Democrats is the best party. So I just want to throw that in there. Um, uh, number two, I wanted to just mention, um, because you know, I've been talking about Chairman Schmall's vision, is that he has a vision, and this goes back to messaging and voting, uh, because the rhetoric that we have been receiving and we got from the previous administration, our poll workers are scared. Yeah. They're scared to work the polls. So Mike has been talking about or, or um, forming a um, voter protection committee, nice. right? That 
will help during an election year to address, you know, maybe an issue that might happen on election day at a polling location, right? With a poll worker. So I'm saying that to say, or share that to say that, again, we have a vision and it's a good vision. And uh, with Chairman Schmall leading the troops, I think we're gonna be just fine. And last but not least, I just would like to share um, everyone or encourage anyone, if you want more information about Indiana Democratic Party, go to the website, go to www.indems.org, I believe, or .com, um, and you can get all the information that you need about Indiana Democratic Party and um, what we're doing. And um, yeah, that's it. I love it. Thank y'all so much for joining Indiana's on the turn left. Uh, don't hang up just yet. Hey, guys. They gave you everything you needed to know about how to join the party and the things that they're working on because, you know what, we're stronger as a unit. We're stronger when we work together. We're not going to all agree on every little tidbit, and there are things called, you know, compromises. I know some people don't like that word, but, dog, there's no two people alike. So there's no way that everyone is going to agree. you got to find common ground. So come on over uh, and help us out in, in trying to get our message out to the people so we can flip some seats in that state house. more importantly, because... You know, you saw what's happening in Texas. It'll happen here. You see what's happening in Florida. It'll happen here. So do not sleep on this. All right. Now, next week, y'all know how much love, and that's the divine tapping me on my shoulder, telling me to be good, how much love I have for Representative Jim Banks up in District 3. He thinks his seat is safe. He's up there running around, you know, praising this money that's coming to his community, but he voted against that money. Well, we got a candidate running in District 3, and I'm going to have him on next week. Make sure you tune in next week on Turn Left so you can hear from John Stevens, who is running in, for Congress in District 3. Now is the time to get involved. Now is the time to get to know who these folk are. We have a lot of work to do, and you see, I, I, don't, I don't normally, you know, highlight anybody during the primary season, but I'm sorry, this is my dude. Uh, he's running for re-election. J.D. Ford, make sure you find him. Find a way to support him. Yes, I'm supporting him early. But but what I want to say is the Senate, the new Senate district in Indianapolis, I think it's 46. There's so far I know of three women running in that district. And I am so proud and so excited that three women are like, yo, I'm coming to get this new seat. I love it. The only thing I ask is keep it classy, y'all, because we all Democrats. <laughs> keep it classy. We're going we gonna to support each other when it's all said and done, but I am excited that there's competition. Yes, competition is good, people. Competition is not bad. My representative told us that. Congressman Carson said competition is good. All right? So we got a lot to do. 2022 is here. Don't let Tuesday get you down. Don't let the people run you off a school board if you on a school board. If you need me, holla at Indiana's own. I'll show up in my black pickup truck. You know I will. And let's talk about it. I will holla at y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>